Welcome back to another episode of Ballaholics. My name is Sam Israel, and we have Ian Mills once again joining the show. Guys, it has been a minute. Ian, yo, it's been a minute, bro. What has it been, like a month or two? It's been it's been a minute. This, this little quarantine I've been in is, is you know, getting my mind ready to talk about sports, so I've been able to kind of be cooped up all day. I had to, you know, I, during our time off, you know, I had to grow the mustache out. You know, I, I had to do it. So long, Ian. Ian's doing good with, with quarantining and finals are, you know, the hell is all over with the finals. Past two months, haven't done episodes. It's all because of the finals. You know, Binghamton University, get mad at them, not us. It's not our fault. So anyway, let's get, let's get into the segments. It's been a while, but of course, Ian Mills, I know you've, you've been hyped. I know you've been, your, your bets have been paying dividends because the Buffalo Bills have been going off 11 and three. And I think for the first time since 1995, they finally clinched the division title in the AFC East over the Patriots. Ian, what do you have to say? Take the floor. All right. So obviously, you know, being a Bills fan my entire life, it was not just exciting, but it was something that, you know, was somewhat expected going into this year that they would win the AFC East title with obviously Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. Dolphins look better than expected. Uh, the Patriots probably look a little worse than expected. So, but the Bills look, I mean, they look like a real contender. They look like a team that could contend with the Chiefs. Um, I think if you look at the AFC, it's Chiefs, a tiny step down, Bills, and a major step down. Um, I think the Bills, the last six, six or seven weeks, have played pretty amazing football. Outside of the Hail Mary uh, from Kyler, Mary to, uh, Kyler Murray to the Andre Hopkins, they haven't lost a game. <clears throat> And, you know, if you look at just like how, how, you know, Josh Allen has developed from year to year, he's legitimately, um, if, if the NFL had a most improved player of the year, like the NBA does, he would certainly win it. It wouldn't be close. I mean, he went from a fringe starter type where people were saying that he's a tight end, that he's a fullback to potentially the third best quarterback in the league this year behind uh, Mahomes and Rodgers. I mean, he's in the MVP discussion, probably right outside of it, but he's close to it at least. Um, on top of that, the defense looks like it did last year, which was like a top five defense. Um, you know, against the Broncos, they made Drew Lock Drew look silly, who, yes, he hasn't had a great year, but he played very well against the Panthers. Um, they'll probably end up as a two seed because the Steelers just can't get it together, can't win a game, it seems like. Um, and, you know, the, the Chiefs will get the bye, and that's what scares me the most, is the fact that the Chiefs will get home field advantage throughout with a crowd. The Bills may not, may not get a crowd because Cuomo – um, is restricting um, sports uh, sports games having audience or having crowds in them, um, and the Chiefs will get a week off, and that scares me more than anything because I think if you look at the two teams, they're fairly comparable. Yes, Mahomes is better than Allen. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that, but I don't think it's a huge difference. Um, and on top of that, I think Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. Uh, and if John Brown comes back healthy, that receiving core is certainly comparable. Um, the running game is comparable, uh, especially with uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who we don't know the status of yet is injured. Hopefully, you know, I, I would say hope he gets back healthy. And then the defense, both defenses are kind of the X factors, and I feel like this because I feel like both teams will, I mean, if they play, it'll probably be a shootout. But the defenses on each side seem to kind of are, are getting the things uh, together at the right time. So, you know, I'm excited, not just as a Bills fan, but as kind of like a just like a Josh Allen fan to see that well like wow he is actually a legitimate NFL player. I mean you know I've been defending him on every show we've ever had. Even last year when he was his touchdown interception ratio was almost one to one. I was defending him. I've always been defending. Him. I've always been a big fan. Um, you know I had the Josh Allen jersey around here somewhere. 
And I would be wearing it if I could find it. But my point is, 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 is they're a legit team. They're a real contender who has a chance. And that's the first time I've ever been able to say that, to my, uh, say that in my life. Um, you know, in, in 25 years, they're the real shot. The last time they made the playoffs, obviously they made the playoffs last year and two years before, or three years before that. But, you know, the, the beginning of the drought was kind of the curse of the Music City miracle. And it seems as if that potentially that curse may be lifted. I don't want to speak too soon, but the way they've been playing is certainly the best I've ever seen my entire life. Yeah, I mean, because I was about to tell a joke, and not, not even a joke, I was going to be serious by just saying this. The curse had nothing to do with Buffalo. It wasn't like your fault. You just happened to be playing in the same division as the greatest QB of all time in Tom Brady. He finally left that division. So now the curse has been lifted because Tom Brady is no longer there. He no longer plays in New England. But, of course, I am still left with that New York curse with the Jets, with the Giants, and I'm not even going to get started on my New York Knicks. I'm not doing that right now. We're talking about football right now. But Josh Allen really – when I looked at the 2018 draft, it was funny because they had all those QBs. They had Sam Darnold, who the Jets took. They had Baker Mayfield. They had all these QBs, Josh Rosen. And I didn't believe in Josh Allen. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was happy with Sam Darnold. I was happy with Baker Mayfield from the Browns. And I was nervous about Josh Allen. And then in his first year, his, he didn't have the best touchdown-interception ratio. Um, he didn't look that good. But as you said before, you're completely spot on. Like, he's improved every single season. I believe, you know, maybe he started off with, like, a, a low completion rate, like a 50% in that area. This season, what is he, like, 70% completion rate? Um, and now it's, like, a 3-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio. And he's looked marvelous. This last game he threw for 359 yards. And I also want to give props to that organization for trading for Stephon Diggs and adding him to that roster. I think that was a huge pickup for Josh Allen. Um, and Stephon Diggs, obviously, his last couple games, 147 yards, 130 yards. Um, and then Cole Beasley, I think, is the other, the other, the other yeah, wide receiver. Um, He's also good. You know, so they have a squad in Buffalo, Ian, and um, I'm happy that you're a part of it. You know, you've been a part of it since day one. That was yours. That was, you know, the two things I'm going to give you, Ian, your day one with the Buffalo Bills and your Sacramento Kings. Those are your day ones, and I can't take any of those teams away from you. So I'm happy for you, and I hope that they do good things in this postseason. Well, I also think one last thing. I don't mean to pick on New York sports teams. I really don't. And you know I do, but you know I don't don't mean to right now. But I think the uh, you know Josh Allen, Sam Darnold draft class is a pretty good. Even I'm going to you know say Lamar Jackson because I think he fits this round. But I think it's a good experiment uh, to look at and see how teams uh, have fixed you know kind of worked their teams around their quarterback that they drafted, right? Lamar Jackson went to the Ravens and they immediately, they, they have what three tight ends, or at least last year, they had three tight ends who could start on a lot of the teams. We saw Hayden Hurst get uh, traded this off season. And now he's a starter in um, Atlanta playing pretty well. And he's a running quarterback. He's not throwing it down the field. He's throwing it in the flats. I mean, they have a really good offensive line. They drafted a running back this year, even with Mark Ingram. So they're, you know, moving their team around the running game um, and short passes. And, you know, the Bills are doing such where, where they're pretty much just upgrading their offensive line, getting a, uh, um, reliable targets like Cole Beasley, like um, Stephon Diggs, and haven't cared that much about the tight end position, right? We look at that, we see how teams fit around their guys. And the Jets have not done that. I mean, we know this. Sam Darnold is a – I think he's a fine quarterback. I think he will probably end up being a good backup for the rest of his career. And I think he deserves better than that. Um but, you know, it's just they have no offensive line. They tried to invest in the offensive line this year. Didn't really work. Uh, Robbie Anderson was really only his only real target last year 
and they let him go. James McCrater is a fine slot guy, but he's if he's your only slot guy, it's not going to work. So I think that draft really shows us, really gives us an in-depth look at how important surroundings are to quarterbacks. Yeah, I completely agree. Can you hear me now? You can hear me now, right? Okay. I can hear you now, yeah. Just making sure you know, those difficulties aren't there anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think the Buffalo Bills really just are doing everything right. And, of course, my New York teams, my Jets, my Giants, my Knicks. The Yankees lost, too, to the Rays. And, and before, like, none of my New York teams are doing well now. I'm, I'm a sad I'm a sad man. And I know I'm Jewish, but I'm hoping Santa Claus comes around and maybe helps my Knicks out this season, this off this season. Because I am praying. I'm praying for OB Toppin. You know, I really don't think there's anyone stopping OB Toppin. And I'm going to be copying my merchandise soon. Believe me. But, man, like, please, Santa Claus, like, I know I'm Jewish, but give me an exception. Cut me a break. I got my tree right here, man. Doesn't look very decorated, but sorry. I don't mean to come hey, we, we got a couple more days to decorate. So Yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll make it work, Ian. Anyway, we'll yeah. see what happens. You know, obviously the Bills looking good right now. We'll see if they can get past the Chiefs. We'll see if they can get past Tom Brady, maybe. Maybe the Brady curse, maybe he somehow comes back and, and has to play. They have to play the Buccaneers. We never know. We never know. We'll see. Maybe. If they get to the if they both get to the Super Bowl, yeah, I mean that would be unfortunate. Well, actually, that would be the ultimate curse. That would be the ultimate Buffalo Bills curse. Uh, yeah, especially us. Yeah, yeah. The, the curse just got delayed. <laughs> okay, let's move on from the NFL. Obviously, bro, basketball season tonight. NBA Nets and Warriors kickoff. Um, you said six o'clock. I think it's seven o'clock Eastern time. Maybe six o'clock Central time. Yeah, I think you're right. So obviously, we have to make. Our annual Bowlholics predictions for the title. Obviously, last year I said the Clippers. I was, you know, sadly mistaken, but we'll see. Ian, let's start with you. Who is your pick to win the NBA championship next year? All right. We got to look at kind of not just rosters, NBA rosters, but kind of like the mentality that's come into this. Uh, from, from, <clears throat> sorry, from outside the Bible. Uh, outside the Bible. LeBron said in kind of a podcast that uh, if the Warriors-Cavs series, where the, Warrior, the Cavs came back from 3-1, was in a, was bubble, in a bubble, the Cavs the would Cavs not have, won, not have series, won that right? series. It makes me think, like, oh, the bubble really was different, especially coming from the, probably the, you know, the best player in the league, potentially, or at least the best player for the last 20 years comes out and says that it makes me actually think, you know, the bubble is different from real life, from real games. And it's going to be interesting to see how long there are no fans at games. I'm sure it'll probably be the first month or two, depending on obviously the COVID vaccine. Um, And we look at, you know, like how, you know, to light a fire under a team, to light a fire under the, under a player, no fire has been hotter than the, than the fire that's under Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, the guy, yes, he won MVP. Yes, he won Defensive Player of the Year. And he was disrespected like no other because he couldn't win in the playoffs with an okay roster. I'm not going to say great. Chris Middleton didn't play, didn't come out and play very well. I mean, he's he's supposed to be the second. Eric Bledsoe just – I mean, he, he it's, it's hard to say he was really a good player at all, especially in the playoffs. Uh, and especially Mike Budenholzer, we talked about in the show, benching him – or not benching him, sorry, but not playing Giannis enough minutes. Um, it's confusing. It's – it's one of those things where we look at it in hindsight and think, well, that's not entirely Giannis's fault. And at the time we did, we lit that fire under him. I think the Bucks are the favorite, at least in the East, and they're my team to pick. Um, you know, obviously they're, you're adding a little round around the roster, but um, you know, like Drew Holiday, the addition of Drew Holiday, I, I legitimately think um, is is integral. He's such an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe, not, not just offensively, but defensively as well. And I think 
legitimately that the Bucks are the biggest. I think they're by far the favorite in the East, bar none. You know, bar um, obviously the Heat will come back, but I'm talking more more about the Nets. Um, and on top of that, I just I trust Giannis to kind of go Mamba mode this uh, this year and take over again for the third straight year because he's won MVP last week. Mamba mode. Well, you hear the audio. I, I hate this audio. This audio is really sucking today. You hear me now, so we're good. I can I, hear I, you, yes. I even, I'm having ongoing problems. The battle is real. Ever since I went to roast Ian about his bills, they just keep coming back. My computer is haunted or something. Um, listen, here's the problem with the Bucks. I love the Bucks. I think they're a great team in the regular season. I think Yaz Kumpo is one of the best regular season players um, ever to play in the regular season. But when the playoffs come – the time time seems to slow down. So you can't, you know, Yaz is really good in the fast break. However, it's more of a half-court game. So I'm looking at Brooklyn. I'm like, Kevin Durant might be better in the half-court game, one-on-one score. He can bail you out if he has to. Um, the Miami Heat play cohesively. They're close. They can make adjustments. Can the Bucks make adjustments? And did the addition of Drew Holiday, is he someone that can get his own basket when it really counts? Now, I do think, granted, I think that they can make the NBA Finals over the Brooklyn Nets this year. I don't think that's enough to propel them over the Lakers or any team in the Western Conference. I have to say it's the Lakers. And, look, it's true. You know, I think of Bernie Sanders here. You know, the rich are getting richer. And the Lakers just added Montrez Harrell, who was previously the Defensive Player of the Year, averaged 18.7 rebounds on a 60% field percentage. They added Dennis Schroeder Jr., who was a runner-up for Sixth Man of the Year, averaged 18 points. They're adding these two players. They could never mind like 35 points a game. They're both off the bench. That's not even their starting lineup. Their starting lineup boasts two top five players in the NBA, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Now look, LeBron's not playing every single game in the regular season, and AD might take games off too, but they just got way better. Other teams had to get better in order to beat the Lakers, but really the Lakers got better. They did what the other teams should have done. Um, and, and you have, of course, Marcus Gasol. You have Taylor Horton Tucker, who's been going off. Have you seen him in the preseason? I think he has like 20 – he's averaging like 20 points. I have the stats right here. 21 points, seven rebounds, three assists, and he's shooting 50% from the three-point line in the preseason. Obviously, those numbers aren't going to stick, but that just shows they have another player. This Lakers team is locked and loaded, Ian. I can't see them losing. LeBron's going to repeat and get his fifth championship after this season. Look, you know me. You know I'm a big LeBron fan. You know <clears> – <throat> sorry, you know I think he's one of – I th- you know, I think he's the greatest of all time. I know you disagree with me on that, but you know, I think that. Um, and it's not that I don't love the Lakers. Obviously, they won the champion uh, the finals last year as a very good team. And yet, you know, they did add talent like Schroeder, like Montrezl Harrell. They should be getting better. And right. it's not that I'm not convinced they're a good team because obviously they are. But it's just something's telling me the fact that last year, right? Their 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 road. I want to say the road to the finals. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be skeptical of them. Their road to the finals was, eh, it was okay. And then they beat, you know, the fourth best team in the East. I'm not saying they, that, that it's, I'm not saying the Mickey Mouse title. I'm not saying asterisks at all. I think they absolutely deserved it. And I love LeBron and he played spectacularly. I just love, I just, I just think when I think of Giannis, right, his, his relationship with Kobe, I think that's come, comes to me, comes to me the most where he has that killer mindset. He's learning it at least this year. And, and I think it's going to come into fruition this, uh, this season. That's all. I, it's, it's more of a hunch than anything, but that's where I'm at. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not even going to attack what you said about 
LeBron having the easy, easy road schedule, you know, easy schedule in the playoffs when he had to face Portland Trailblazers who were blazing with Damian Lillard, had to face James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and then had to go and face the Denver Nuggets who are an underrated team. We're gonna, I'm just going to ignore that for now. But what changes, Ian? I want to ask you this. What changes between this year and last season? Because how with Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson's not back for the Warriors. And how with the Clippers? Are they, are they going to be good? That, they can be good, maybe, but I, for the most part, I don't see anything changing. The Houston Rockets aren't even the Houston Rockets anymore. So what's changing from this season to last season, besides the fact that the Lakers just got two, you know, two six-man-of-the-year candidates to I their think, best? I think the Lakers will – first off, I think the Lakers will get to the finals again. But that's saying, you know, if we look at this off, what happened this offseason, especially with the, the Clippers, because they – going into last year, they were the Lakers' biggest threat with the Clippers, right? Um, Still are. Still are, in my yeah, opinion. Still are. It's probably, in the, in the West at least, probably right. Um, and I think it is more to do with kind of their coaching staff, right, more than anything, right? Replacing Doc Rivers with Ty Lue. And, you know, LeBron's quote-unquote, like, what his favorite coach of all time is probably Ty Lue. Not because Ty Lue – I mean, Ty Lue is not, like, compared to Doc Rivers. Um, you know, Paul George did an interview where he said Doc Rivers wouldn't have them practice. J.J. Redick has said this for years. Can you imagine being at the height, the, the pinnacle of your athletic achievement and just giving up on practicing the thing that's gotten you to that point? It seems foolish. And not that Doc Rivers is a, really that bad of a coach because obviously he has a title. He, you know, he's been in the, in the league for years. But – Kyrie and LeBron, two of the most respected players in the in the NBA, talked about how, how Ty Lue would stay late, like just, you know, tell them to shut up and let him coach. I think guys, like if you look at what happened in that lock, locker room last year with guys like Kawhi, with guys like Paul George, who basically ran the locker room, who, you know, told guys like Marquis, or sorry, Marcus Morris, like, I'm the guy in charge. Don't worry. I, you know, I can do this. I can do that. So, you know, I think, I think I'm, I'm more excited about Ty Lue, the addition of Ty Lue, than I am to, guy, uh, to guys like Dennis Schroeder and Montrose Harrell. Not because I don't like Don, Dennis Schroeder and Montrose Harrell. I think they're great additions. But, again, they are role players. They are six-man of the year. You're right. They're, oh, stop. They're great players. They're role. Don't dismiss them like they're, they're any of role. First off, I'm not dismissing them. I think they're great players. But at the end of the day, they are very good, but they are role players, right? So, right. I think coaching, coaching comes into a lot. So, I think the Clippers did actually get better this season, even if they. So which team? Which team? Which team has the best bench? The best role players? Best bench? Um, hmm. I don't know. I guess. I guess. Yeah, the like out of the two, the Lakers do. I guess the Lakers, right? I guess the Lakers. I still still like the Lakers over the Bucks. I still like the Lakers over the Bucks for sure. And now let me ask you another question, Ian. I'm going to ask you a second question. Ask me a question. Which team has the best duo in the NBA? Hmm. You know, Brooklyn's looking pretty nice. Oh, stop. Oh, I'm going to turn off this Zoom right now. I'm going to put you on mute or something, man. Minus and Drew, that defense is pretty, is pretty fierce up in, up in uh, Milwaukee, I think. So, so. You're, you're telling me that you'd rather have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, who's coming off an Achilles injury, than LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Sam, we'll see. No, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I think the Bucs are the best team. Oh, the Bucs. Okay, the Bucs. Okay. Yes. That's yeah. a little more interesting. I, I still, I'm still saying LeBron in, in AD, but uh, yeah. you know, I think it might be reaching a little bit. But I, I respect it. I'll, I'll, I'll let you have it. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell, Sam. Time will tell. Only time will tell. Hey, I didn't know the Bills were going to be so good, and you know, they were really good. I tried to tell you. I tried to tell everyone. No one.
I'm the, yeah. it's the good to, you know what, Ian, you bought them when the stock was low and now the stock's like skyrocketed. So you, you might, maybe you should, like, maybe you should sell them while you, you can, so you yeah. can make some profit. The, the stock's been low for 20 years. I, you know, I got to enjoy it while I can. I'm just nervous because if they lose to Tom Brady again in the Super Bowl or something happens, they lose in the playoffs, that no. stock's going. No, it's first up. No, so, uh, second up, the Bucks aren't making it to the Super Bowl. I'm putting, I'm putting a hundred dollars on the Bucks not winning. I'll, I will, if the Bucks make it to the Super Bowl, I will donate a hundred dollars to Sam Israel's, uh, you know, fundraising of Knicks fans who happen to be Jewish. How about that? Uh, listen, Ian, Ian, we can't use any. We can't, you know, we try with the donations. It doesn't even matter, bro, because the New York Knicks. We're one of the worst teams, but we're one of the most valued franchises. So it, it just throwing money at us is not going to solve the problem. It actually is going to make it worse, Ian. So there's no – I don't want your money for the Knicks. I'll take your money personally, but not not for the Knicks. Don't give it to James Dolan. Yeah, get that money away from James Dolan. Okay. I, I don't know how we always get back to the Knicks and the Bills, but, you know, I'm just a suffering Knicks fan. And I like to say Ian's a suffering Bills fan, but not really because they're doing good. But, okay, guys, let's go on. Last segment of the night. NBA awards. We're gonna go down the line. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. Let's All right. start. Let's start. NBA rookie, NBA of the year. rookie of the year. Go. Go. Uh, James Wiseman. Uh, James Wiseman. Uh, if you look at what happened, what's been uh, talking about, and I'll go quick. But what's been happening uh, in Golden State is essentially they haven't played him yet, but they say he's gonna start tonight, and they expect huge things out of him, and they're gonna be probably a playoff team. So that helps. Completely agree with you. James Wiseman's going to be the rookie of the year. I would say Obi Toppin normally, but the Knicks are doing Knicks-like things. Starting Julius Randle, keeping Julius Randle in that starting lineup, which will, which will prevent Obi Toppin from being Rookie of the Year. Let's go on to our next one. Let's do Defensive Player of the Year. Anthony Davis. I think last year a lot of people expected it to be Anthony Davis. Giannis gets it, and people were a little upset about it because obviously Giannis got bounced. But, uh, so I think for that reason, maybe the voter for team will hand it to Anthony Davis. Ian, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Anthony Davis. And, you know, I know someone said Mitchell Robinson last year. I would love to do that as a Knicks fan. But I, I, yeah, I, I can't do it. Um, I'm nervous about the, you know, his ability to stay in a game. He yeah. commits too many free throws. I mean, too many, um, sorry, too many, um, I'm blanking out. <laughs> too many oh, fouls. Too many fouls. And it's going to have to be um, Anthony Davis. Um, let's do to our next one. Let's do sixth man of the year. I think this is where we're going to start to deviate a little bit. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie. All right. Uh, the Nets will, again, be a playoff team. Usually it goes to a playoff team, whether it's the Rockets or the Clippers the last couple of years. Uh, he will likely be coming off the bench. He, you know, averaged about 20 a game um, the last couple of years for the Nets, and he's coming off uh, not playing in the bubble. So he's going to be healthy, healthy behind Kyrie, expecting to pay, play about probably 30 minutes off the bench. Um, and I think he's still an incredible player. Yeah, I'm going to go with a player on the Brooklyn Nets, but his name is not Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm going with Karis LeVert. I think if you saw him in that elimination game against Portland in the, you know, the NBA bubble, he went off. And I think he averaged 18 points last season, somewhere around that, or maybe that was in the bubble. I, I got that stuff from somewhere. But I think Karis LeVert, aside from Kyrie and Kevin Durant, they're going to be heavily reliant upon Karis LeVert and even Spencer Dinwiddie to an extent in the regular season. Obviously, Kevin Durant's coming off his Achilles, so – I'm going to go with Karis LeVert over Spencer Dinwiddie for that Sixth Man of the Year award. Let's go on with our next award, Most Improved Player. Oh, um, hmm. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with my guy, Marvin Bagley. Look, people have talked – again, it's obviously partially because I'm a Kings fan, but he's been 
talked about so badly because he hasn't played much, and obviously Luca is an MVP candidate. He's been kind of like people have talked badly about him. I still think he's a very good player. When he plays, he's at least a pretty good uh, player for a young guy. I expect him to bounce back on a Kings team that is pretty bare bones at this point. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna go with um, I have to go with I'm I'm stuck here because I love Michael Porter Jr. on the Denver Nuggets for this award. I think he's really going to go up. His stock's gonna rise up this season. But at the same time, I got to go with the player I drafted in fantasy basketball. I'm going to go with John Wall, who hasn't played in over two years. I think John Wall is due for a big season. He's looked phenomenal in the regular season. And I think that him and DeMarcus Cousins and that Rocket team, they're going to be good. And I'm going to give John Wall the most approved player award. I think he was, he was probably an all-star last time he played, though, right? But he's still coming from an injury, though, I feel like. You know? so, yeah, that's true. I, yeah, more of a comeback player of the year. Comeback player. Yeah, I sort of, yeah, I sort of merged them together. I, I don't know, but I, I'm going with um John Wall, and if not John Wall, maybe Demarcus Cousins, if that if that's better for the definition. But I think sure. one of those two players captures the award. I think Michael Porter Jr. trails behind. Yeah. And oh, we have two more, two more. Um, executive of the year. Executive of the year. Um, you know what? I, I like. Uh, uh, ooh, I guess I'm just gonna go with Daryl Murray with the with with um. Philadelphia, not for any particular reason, but because he's kind of due to due to receive it. Um, and other than that, uh, you know, I think it's very possible if they land Harden and win a playoff series or two, he, it's very likely he gets it. Whether or not he gets Harden uh, is really up to up, up in the air at this point. Either him or Brooklyn will probably end up with him. So, is that is that a prediction that you want to make? A bold prediction, James Harden? Uh, I think he's out. I think he's out of Houston. From what it has been seen, obviously he's not just unhappy, but. Um, uh, today, what he got in a got a, uh, an argument with the rookie, and and it seems like they were taking the rookie side. So it doesn't seem like he's going to last in Houston much longer. Well, it actually happen. happened. This, this, wow, James Harden. Wow, I didn't even, I didn't even hear about that. For a second, I thought you were talking about Daryl Morey. That's crazy. Um, for executive of the year, you know, I, I you know your argument. I hate your argument because we can give the MVP to Le- LeBron every year, but we don't do that. Yeah, I'm going to have to give the award to. I personally would love to give it to OKC because they have like a million, you know, a million draft picks, but I can't do that. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Lakers, Rob Polinka for acquiring Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell, the rich get richer. It's going to go to Rob Polinka. Yeah, it's weird because not many superstars move this year, and that's usually how it goes, and they give it to a team that added superstars. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they certainly had, it, had a um, big offseason. Yeah, I, I would go with them. And for our last award – Got to go with the MVP. Oh, no coach of the year? Oh, coach of the year. Shoot. I, I know. Got a coach of the year. I was making sure you – no, nah, I forgot. Um, coach of the year. All right. So, last year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, – actually, I, I was going to go with Luke Walton, who I went with last year, just because of Kings. But I'm actually – thought about it a little bit. Uh, I think it's going to be Steve Kerr. Um, I mean, they're, they're a team that obviously – uh, was was very bad last year, mostly due to injuries, and we understand that. But they're still not that healthy of a team. They're not as good as they were a couple years ago. They're not a favorite to go into the play or deep running the playoffs. But they will likely make the playoffs. I'm a big believer in them, and I think a lot of that uh, comes from Steve Kerr on a, in a bounce back season where he didn't even he didn't even coach most or not most. But he didn't coach a lot of their games because of health issues. So uh, speedy recovery to him, as we've seen, and uh, hope or I think he'll win it. I think that's a great pick. I think he's super underrated as a coach, and he really helped the Warriors out when they first, you know, when Mark Jackson first left. I think he's an amazing pick. For me, I'm going to have to go with no other than Kyrie Irving. 
No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kyrie's not a coach, but I, I had to troll a little bit because Kyrie th- seems to think that he's a head coach. Um, so I had to put that out there. But no, <laughs> coach of the year. I'm going. I have to go with. Um, I just had the name, and now now I'm forgetting. Tyron Lue. Tyron Lue of the Clippers. Oh yeah. Tyron like Lue of the Clippers. I, like I think that. that the like you said before, Doc Rivers didn't hold his players accountable as much as he should have. Good head coach, and I I still rather you know he's still one of the top tier coaches in the game. But in terms of what the Clippers needed, they have all the talent. They need a coach that would have that would you know preach equity and, and fairness amongst all its players. No one two players missing practice because you're a star. Everyone's going to practice. Everyone's being held accountable. That's what he did in Cleveland. I think Tyron Lewis the pick for the Clippers. Yeah. And now, final, last pick, last pick, MVP. Floor is yours, Ian. You can take a, you can take a little you can take a little more sentences on this one. All right, I'll be a little romantic, if you will. Uh, it's hard. To, it's hard not to be romantic about the NBA. I think. Um, right. We talked. We've talked a lot about today. Uh, today about um, <clears throat> voter fatigue. We talked about wow, well, you can give it to LeBron every year, and they didn't give it to LeBron every year, as we've seen. He hasn't gotten it in a couple of years now. Um, and a lot of that has to do not necessarily because of voter fatigue, but something you said earlier was that there are players who are really good in the regular season and really good in the playoffs. And because of that, you know, the la- the best player for the last two years uh, in the regular season has been Giannis. I think he's going to be him again. I, I know, you know, voter fatigue says it's not going to be – you're th- not going to give it to a guy for a third straight year. And I disagree with that because if we look at really what's changed from last year to this year, um, the only really front runners I can see who, who are taking a major jump are, are Luka Doncic, who, you know, had an incredible year last year, who potentially they could give it to him. But I think his numbers might just not match Giannis's enough to uh, – um, give him that or not to mention I don't think Dallas will get enough wins I think they'll probably be the fourth or fifth seed I don't think that they will be a one or a two seed usually it's through the one or the two seed where I think the Bucks will be the one or the two in the east on top of that Harden who we've talked about a lot I mean he might be the second option in Philly he might be the second option in Brooklyn we don't know yet and even the uh, even if he stays in Houston they're not going to win enough games probably LeBron again we talked about LeBron is a very very good player in the postseason um, his regular season is still incredible. Obviously, we know he has a million records, but they're not as good, right? Like we're not, um, they're not, they're just not, he doesn't, you know, he rests a lot. He obviously doesn't care nearly as much because if he can get to the playoffs, he knows he can beat anyone. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, when you look at the front runners, I think Damian Lillard is sneaky, a pick that, you know, might, <clears throat> might get consideration at least like third or fourth pick. Just because I think the Blazers are going to be better than people think this year, um, and he's barred on their best player, uh, it's not really close. Cesar McCollum's fine, but I think Damian Lillard is is obviously obviously the best player, and I think they'll probably be. I think if they sneak into the third seed in the West, then they very he very well could be MVP. But but uh, right now, I'm definitely going Giannis as a three peat candidate. Yeah, I mean, if there was no such thing as voter fatigue, I completely agree with you. When I was trying to figure out the MVP, it's basically impossible because there's no clear-cut favorite besides Giannis, really, because he's done it. He, in order to be MVP, you have to have be one of the best teams in the NBA, and you also have to be putting up the stats. Yeah, I fully expect the Bucks to be a top-tier team, and I fully expect Giannis to put up the stats. Luka Doncic, on the other hand, not that his numbers won't match Giannis, but Luka Doncic's team, I question if they can be a top two, a top three seed in the Western Conference. Anthony Davis, I think LeBron's going to take away votes. That will be impossible. 
But then I had to think that maybe Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets could be the MVP. That's my pick. Not necessarily because he is a clear-cut favorite, simply because it's hard for me to figure out another player who can win the MVP. I don't think it'll be James Harden. I don't think he has that, you know, this year. I don't think he really cares about winning in the regular season the MVP award. I don't think that it's, you know, I really can't think of anyone. Kawhi Leonard, low management. And it's not going to be LeBron. won't be Anthony Davis. Jimmy Butler, not really that kind of player. And I really think that it, as long as Kevin Durant's healthy this year, he's going to remind everyone, hey, I'm back. I'm Kevin Durant. And I have to give it to Kevin Durant. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I think I think Giannis and KD in the East is, it's pretty, like, unfair to the rest of the team. Like, it's such a drop-off. Not, not that I don't think Jason Tatum or guy, you know, are good, but, like, the, the Nets in the Bucks are really in a world of their own. And I don't mean to disrespect the Heat because obviously they went to the finals last year. But it's it's kind of incredible, like, the drop-off between those two teams and the rest of the conference. Yeah, I think. it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. You have the Bucks, you have the Nets. Maybe the Heat are up there because of what they did in the NBA Finals. Maybe you, you categorize them as a top-tier team. I certainly would, and I would also categorize them also knowing that Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo are ascending players. They're both young players, young, talented players. They're going to ascend. You have Jimmy Butler, Gordon Dragic, sixth man of the year. I think they're underrated. So I put those three teams in the top, in my opinion. Though I don't know. I, I don't, you know, we'll make some bold predictions in a bit. You know, I'll give you a quick time to make some bold predictions. One of my bold predictions is the Brooklyn Nets are not going to the NBA Finals, and they're not going to be able to get out of the Eastern Conference this season just because I don't believe it can work. With, they're going to have chemistry issues um, with Kyrie Irving there. It's just my it's my uh, bold prediction. I don't know. I I know we've we've talked about we talked about not just us but like the entire NBA fan sphere has has discussed how Kyrie is quote unquote like a cancer or he's a bad teammate, and I don't entirely agree with it. Not because like obviously I'm not in the locker room. I'm not LeBron. I mean I don't know specifically what's happening in the locker room, but I think he's an interesting guy. I think he, you know, he's not, he's not, he doesn't conform, right? He's the opposite of someone who's going to conform. So it's, you know, the NBA heads the bubble. He's the first guy to question why, why are we doing this? You know, especially during the whole black lives matter uh, movement at the time. Like, why are we doing this? We're taking away from it. I think people see that as I think, was it Woj who comment called him the disruptor? Um, and I think these things there, there were misconceiving, uh, or misunderstanding or Kyrie as a person. I think KD is also kind of an interesting guy. I think he's also kind of a weird guy. I think they fit well together. And I think Steve Nash is a good coach to kind of uh, uh, be at the helm, specifically because he in his time was kind of like that understanding team, right? Not entirely met. I think, you know, we, we wanted, and especially Dinwiddie, he's a weird guy too. If you are not really weird but he's super into uh, uh, like super into things that aren't basketball. I think that's kind of the, the, the continuation where these guys are really good at basketball, but they know there are bigger things. And I think because of that, we want to say they're bad teammates or say, um, you know, because he wanted to leave LeBron in Cleveland and he wanted to go on his own. That's a bad thing. But usually, usually when teams uh, don't have super, super team, right. We're, we're, we are, are you saying, Hey, congrats to Giannis for staying with Milwaukee and not joining a super team. And Kyrie is doing just that, leaving what was pretty much a super team and going on his own and saying, I'm going to do this by myself. So, and yes. Like the Cavs were a super team with, with, with Kyrie and LeBron. That was a super team? Is, I, that, what, is that what you I, said? Kyrie, Kyrie, LeBron, and Kevin Love. That's a big three for sure. A super team. 
at the, oh. now we look at it and probably say no, but at the time it certainly was. They won an NBA Finals against a team that won 73 games. Um, okay. okay. But, yeah, no, like I think we, we convoluted it where we think that some are, are um, super interested, like, like it's good to lead – it's good to stay on a team and not be on a super team like Giannis is doing, but it's not okay to do it when Kyrie wants to go to Boston or whatever. And it obviously didn't yeah. work out in Boston, but, so, you know. Listen, I, I don't think I – don't, I, you know – it's, I don't think Kyrie's a bad teammate necessarily because he, he's always rebelling against, you know, the things that NBA does, such as returning back to action. Yeah. I think that's completely justified. That's fine. If you, you know, he, he's allowed yeah, to have I'm not accusing you of that. Yeah. When, he, when he goes on and talks about how, oh, I don't see a head coach. Steve Nash is not really the head coach. I can be the head coach. Kevin Durant can be the head coach. Um, and then he says, and then he doesn't go to the media. He doesn't go and talk to the media because, uh, you know, these things are questionable. You know, it makes you wonder if Kyrie values himself and KD above everyone else. And, you know, he comes off. I'm not saying I believe this, but he comes off to some people as a little entitled. So it's just, well, you know, I worry about how it's going to work in Brooklyn um, in terms of the chemistry. But um, I just want to get the two more um, bold predictions I had, and then I'll, I'll be done. And I'll get the rest and respond to Can I ask you a question real quick? Sure. Okay. So let's say every day, let's say every day you come out of class, okay? Or you, you take a test or you do some homework, okay? Every time after you do that, someone comes up to you and goes, Sam, Sam, how did you get number B wrong? B, B was such an easy question. Or, sorry, how did you get number three wrong? Number three was such an easy question. Wouldn't you want to be like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. This is awful. This sucks, uh, right? Okay, you know I'm what? Kyrie is doing with the media. We'll, we'll talk. Next show, next show, we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about the Kyrie Irving thing. All right, um, fair enough, fair enough. I, I'm definitely, I definitely want to talk about that. And also, one of my other friends, one of my other friends was like, Sam, Get me on your show. I want to talk about. I want to talk about that. And he actually he has your view on that. So I want to have that discussion um, for next show for sure. I think that'd be a really cool segment. Um, my other my other two um, bold takes. I think the Clippers are going to the NBA Conference Finals against the Lakers, and I also think that James Harden will be a Philadelphia 76er in a couple of weeks. Uh, the first or the sorry the second one. Uh, the Clippers going to the Conference Finals. I don't think that's that hot of a take. I think that's. I, was, I think that's kind of the consensus. Uh, I mean, it was last year for sure. Last uh, year, this year, people are still, I don't hear them as much. No one's talking about them. So. Right. It, it certainly quelled down, but I still think they I, – I agree with you on that one. And then Harden going to the 76ers, that one's going to be interesting because obviously Daryl Morey has connections to Houston. It, it, it's one of those things where kind of – I don't – like if you're Houston, right? If you're the Houston Rockets – um, and I forget what their, their new their new general manager's name is. I apologize for that. Forgot but, to. I forgot to. Um, but if you're him, right? Like, and and it, it's not like Daryl Morey got fired. He left because he kind of screwed up with their roster. Okay, like like he was a he's a great general manager, but he kind of screwed up with their roster. They weren't going to win a championship, and he so he left. Right? If you're if you're the new GM of the Rockets, you the the number one thing people are comparing you to is Daryl Morey. And for him to think, oh, the guy whose job I just took, yeah, I, I can outsmart him. I can give him uh, James Harden and get a million at, you know, assets in return. I, it's not that I don't think it's possible. I think it's not. I think the Rockets are scared to make a mistake like that. If you, trade him, in. if you trade him to Philadelphia and Daryl Morey looks like a genius, I mean, that's – going to, Who else wants to trade you? They can Brooklyn. get Ben Simmons. They Brooklyn can just get Ben Simmons. They're, they're, they're letting the experiment go with Ben Simmons and Embiid, but eventually that's not going to work, okay? Ben Simmons no. is gonna, it's not going to work. They're going to trade Ben Simmons. Rocket Houston's going to get Ben Simmons, 
And that's the best they can get for him, I think. The Heat don't know, are no longer in discussions. Other teams are no longer in discussions. If they can get a better trade, fine. But I, I can totally see James Harden in the Philadelphia 76ers. Does Ben Simmons and John Wall sound like a good team to you? It's an asset. They, they can use Ben Simmons for that's another like trade. Team that's going to win any playoff. <laughs> like, I mean, if you're a GM, you want to get the best assets possible. You want to get the, the, right. most, the most value. I think your best attributes right now are probably, you know – other picks potentially or, or, or role players. And, you know, I think with, with, um, why, why can't Ben Simmons go to the OKC to get five first round draft picks? I'm just saying like, it's, it's possible. They can do a three-way it's trade. Possible, but like he's young enough and he's good enough where I think, you know, you might hold on to him thinking he has a lot of talent. I mean, two years ago, we thought he was the next coming of LeBron. Um, oh, maybe not that far, but we thought he was one of the best players or could have been one of the best players in the league. I still, I still believe in Ben Simmons like that. Yeah, he doesn't shoot at all or well when he does, but I still think he's an incredible basketball player, and I think he has a lot of value. And I personally, I think I'd rather have him in, than James Harden. Um, if you're win win now mode like the the, the Sixers okay. maybe, but I think it's important for the Sixers to be patient. That's another question we'll have for next for next time now because now I'm gonna have to roast you on that. Like that. Ben Simmons over James Harden. We'll, we'll discuss that on the, on the next show. If you but, consider age, yes. If you consider yeah. age, yes, absolutely. All right, let, let's wrap it up because we, get, we almost got into so many more debates for next episode. And we'll see. We'll talk about James Harden and Ben Simmons. We'll talk about Kyrie Irving. I'll have my other friend Yost on the show with Ian. And we'll discuss. You know Yost, yeah. And he, yeah, we'll talk We'll talk about Kyrie Irving. I'm, I'm, hyped, I'm hyped for that discussion. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Guys, enjoy the regular season. It starts tonight. And Ball Hawks, we're signing off. See you next time. Yeah.